It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely in Topic. It's the playoff season for everybody, and we are doing two episodes a week, and we're recording this one on Wednesday, April 18th, and I have with me Jeff, Nick, and Tim. Yo. Hey. Hello. And we're going to talk about Game 3, which was played on Monday night. You know, that game went a little bit differently than the other two before it. This one was played in Toronto. That could have played a factor. There are lots of things that could have played a factor into how that game ended up. And we're going to talk about them a little bit. You guys ready? Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. I have a few questions for you guys. And hopefully you have a few answers. What went wrong for the Bruins? Ping! <laughs> I mean, yeah, and Anderson there didn't, like, shit the bed totally. He actually played really well for stretches, which helped. And Morgan Riley was a lot better than he had been in the series before. I mean, it would have been hard for Morgan Riley to be worse. That's and, true. But, but, like, he was actually challenging for him to be continued. It would have been hard for him to continue to be that bad, even. I mean, yeah, but he was, like, a lot better. Well, uh, Boston had 42 shots on goal that counted. <laughs> yeah, posts don't count as shots on goal. I love it. Really? Yeah. That was sarcastical. I, sarcastic in the sense that I actually hate it. But, yes, they don't count as shots on goal. They missed. Uh, but, uh, but, uh, but the goalie uh, didn't make the save. Okay. All right. All right. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I get it now. Okay. I get it. I get it. I never really thought wait, about wait, that, wait, though. Wait. Mm-hmm. Wait, Nick. So, so if um, um, the goalie's out of the net, they take a shot on goal, and a different player blocks, it makes the save than the goalie. Is that mm-hmm. not a shot on goal then? It's not a shot on goal. It's a so like Michael of... Ryder's legendary save wasn't on a shot on goal. It was not. It was a block shot, but not a shot on goal. I see. It was a shot attempt, but not a shot on goal. This is such a stupid sport. I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so so basically, Boston they were they were taking shots on goal, and they were taking lots of other shots that didn't make it to that. <laughs> so the pings definitely counted there as what went wrong. I I feel like there were more blocked shots as well. Like overall, it seemed like every even though they had forty two shots on goal, it seemed like every other shot got blocked in the middle somewhere. So I feel like they made a conscious effort to be around the goal more than they had been rather than allowing shots to get through and rebounds and things like that. As for all the things that went wrong, I'd say uh, Grizz being out and Holden being in, Holden did not look good. Nope. And likewise, uh, McQuaid operating with half a windpipe for much of the game. Stretch passes. Oh, did he Uh, actually come back in? Yeah. He came back to the bench at some point? That was confusing. (laughs) It it was, because after a while, I was just like so nervously watching that I, I wasn't really paying attention to who was out. Either scenario, it doesn't. It's kind of a toss-up here. Basically, you end up with a top four and and Nick Holden. So yeah, you're gonna have a bad time if you're gonna rely on that. Yeah, um, you're gonna have a bad time. So and there's other things that went wrong, but they fall under other questions. So I'll hold off on those. Okay. Okay. All right. We uh, continue on then. What adjustments did Mike Babcock, the head coach of the Maple Leafs make that help them out in this game. He um he realized that um, Thomas Turtlenecks is um obnoxious and um, has uh, some experience on the Bergeron front. 
Ah, uh, yes. Yes. You know, I have the face-off comparison report in front of me. I love these. I freaking love these. Sometimes you have to know where to look for them on, on NHL.com, but they are great. Let's just talk about face-offs between uh, him and uh, and Berge. In the offensive zone, Berge was 3-for-6 against him. In the defensive zone, he was 2-for-6 against him. And in the neutral zone, he was 6-for-9. So above that, so it was really so he was even in the O zone and a runaway lead in the um uh, in the, the the neutral zone. Yep, yep. Okay, that's not bad, really. The 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 defensive zone one's a problem, but he didn't take, but he didn't, but he didn't take very many. So mm. it's not Berge esque, but it's you know, I mean, still you know, better than half. Right. The Berge line got shut down. Yeah, yeah. And the big thing there is they shut down their scoring, and there's a couple different things i think that they made to do that for starters they were definitely being really rough with Pasternak. oh yeah didn't they like didn't pasta get like punched at one point he got punched he did. Right? and there's there he also got a really blade that full-on jackknife tripped too so yeah they were being pretty rough with Pasternak, and yet he still had some ridiculous scoring chances right so so it's still even even with them targeting pasta it still took again pasta hitting a whole shitload of posts he still finished with three shots on goal and, off the top of my head, two posts. So that's that's a decent night for most yeah. players. And um, and in the end, that line gave up gave up the, the Matthews goal because they were at the end of a what a minute and thirty one uh, a minute and thirty one second um, uh, shift or something like that. And, yeah, it was and, a long and, and Austin, shift. And Austin was almost and Matthews was almost directly off the bench. It seemed like there were a lot of shifts like that that night where just the guys were just caught out on the ice for too long. Well, that's yeah, another was- thing that Babcock did is like at the any time there was an icing and there was like an offensive zone faceoff for Toronto, it seemed like they switched out and put the Austin Matthews line in there to try to get more scoring opportunities and get him away from that Bergeron line. Yeah, and. Also, I think Bert, to an extent, I think Babcock might have just simply told his guys, "Like, you know what? Fuck it. If you can make a, if you can make any kind of runaway, do it. If it, if things fail, what do we do? Lose another game? Because um, there was definite reckless abandon to the Leafs on the rush that could have gone pretty badly for them um, had they not had quite a bit of um, uh, fortune around their own net. And. Just to speak to that fortune, the Bruins had a shot attempt where I forgot who it was. Some Bruins player got pushed into Anderson. Anderson's on his stomach, laying down. It was Nash. And had a wide. It was Nash. Okay, Krejci had a wide open net, and somehow Anderson sticks up his glove and blocks it. Is that That's the like one or the paddle or that or that crazy paddle save too? Where, 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 where he tipped, where Anderson barely tipped, got it with the tip of his of his uh, stick and skied it when it would have been like dead center in the net. Otherwise, I think that was a different one, but yeah, I remember the one where Nash got basically thrown into the net. That's Rick Nash, by the way, not Riley Nash, because Riley came back. But yeah, and and then they were like, oh no, if this had gone in, would they have called him for goaltender interference? Or, or I mean, are they thinking about that? It's like, please no, stop it with that bullshit. I know, he was, like, forcibly pushed into Anderson. Like, there was nothing he could have done there. Toronto definitely needed that win, because otherwise it, it would have seemed insurmountable. Well, see, ultimately that's the big thing. They came out blazing because they needed that win. And Boston, I mean, Boston still, to be perfectly honest, played very well, in my opinion. It's just Toronto 
to use the expression, wanted it a fuck of a lot more. No, I think that's definitely a thing. It, it really is. And I kind of, Toronto came out playing how I kind of expected them to. And like I said before the game started, I expected Toronto to win uh, the game. And I expected it to be their only win because they exerted so much in trying to get that one win. Yep. I, I was with you on them, on them winning that game. I said that, I think, on Sunday. It was going to happen. Well, remember what I said last episode? I said, there's going to be bumps. Monday was a bump. It was. And I kind of think going into the next, game that the Bruins are going to play like they have something to prove like the first two games weren't flukes there well and there's and there's the thing too like without you know the Leafs being really lucky with the posts and those and, the, and those couple absurd saves we're looking at a game that ends 6-4 not 4-2 and with a Boston win there's been some people freaking out over that game and I don't really get it <laughs> I I say Toronto is still a good team yes. but the Bruins have already shown that they're a better team I think losing a game, hell, maybe even two, is not that big of a deal. And it took Toronto playing like they were a caged animal about to be prodded by a drunk redneck. I don't know. Caged zookeeper about to get mauled by a bear? Yeah. <laughs> there, I like that. I like that more. There are other teams in this league who had gone out, jumped out to a 2 nothing lead in the series and they all got their asses handed to them as well not the vegas golden knights because they're golden yeah well no because because la is awful and i love it um vegas baby yeah it's fantastic but um keep in mind winnipeg got one handed to them and the preds got demolished yeah Uh, and tampa as well tampa tampa and preds that night so it's like I felt I felt better after that. I was like, as soon as the Devils won five two over Tampa Bay, I was like, I feel better. And then the Preds got whipped. And I was like, I definitely feel better. I wish it would have gone a little bit differently, but whatever. So guess what? Everything's fine. It's normal. It's okay. They, I mean, they were never going to go sixteen and zero in the playoffs. They weren't. No, no, no. You know what? I think a little bit of adversity keeps it interesting. Keeps them honest. Yep. So, so basically, their adversity that night was not having Grizzlick because he's played, I don't know how many games he played this year, but it was a lot. And Holden has not played those games, right? So it's very simple to just sit there and go, oh, well, you know, you had a key defensive member who was missing. Oh, and then Adam McQuaid took a puck to the head area. Throat, throat. I think it was just to the side of his Adam's apple. Head area is what I'm asserting. <laughs> Head area. That, that's including the neck. So from okay. uh, shoulders up. Okay, that's the head area for me. So yes, <laughs> that's how I'm defining it. He took a puck to that. And yeah, that, that kind of limited things. But still, the Maple Leafs fans are going to call about, are, are going to cry about phantom uh, slewfoots that didn't happen. And uh, Marcy doing something that it's like, whatever. I was like, I looked at this, like, I'm pretty sure Martian fell down, and then the guy fell on him, and somehow it's hit from Martian. I don't understand. They literally got the first goal handed to them on a silver platter. Uh, we're not there yet, Peter. We're not there yet, Tim. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, a... <laughs> we're going to get there, don't, Tim? It, they pissed me off so much in those threads, just like complaining, oh, where's this suspension? Where's this suspension? Where's this suspension? Trying to justify what Kadri did, and it pisses me the fuck you, off. You know what? You know what? Boston never gets calls against them. <laughs> Quoi? 
Oh, they only get calls for them all the time because, you know, we're never on the penalty kill. Never on the penalty kill. Also, the NHL wants Boston to win because they're an American team. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said before, act like you've been here before, Leafs fans. Like I mean, anything they're to justify it because they, you know, 1967. But um, they'll, they'll <laughs> literally say anything to justify their miserable existence over the last 60 years. Holy shit! Fake it until you make it. That's what I say about this situation. Let's talk about that officiating. <laughs> Let Tim go off on his one thing, All right. okay? And I then I want to see this. <laughs> the first thing I'm really pissed about that first call that. Freaking stu- It's a stupid penalty anyway, the delay of game. They delayed the game more trying to figure out if it was a delay of game than the actual puck going over the uh, freaking glass did. So that was stupid. Then it clearly, like, rode up the glass for, like, five feet and then went out. But no, we're going to confer together and then get it wrong. And then, to top it off, it can't be reviewed, but we can review a fucking offside that happened three minutes ago when the puck came into the zone before the goal scored. So now we have that. But I will say this about the officiating. They were consistently bad on both ends. They weren't calling calls for any either side. So, like, they let the game... They swallowed the whistles for the most part and let them play, but it still looked like a shit show. Okay. Thanks, Tim. I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> I think I might make that my ringtone. I love the Tim Volcano, the Tim Cano that happened there. <laughs> the delay of game penalty. Apparently, the refs decided to not look at the puck. They turned because they were afraid the puck was going to fly at them. And so, a longtime referee had this to say about it. He's now retired. Carrie Fraser. Yes. On Twitter, he says, I always coached officials to retreat from, but to face the puck, not to duck or turn back on a play. Two reasons. One, can defend with arms, hands, and elbows, or move head with eyes on puck. Two, can follow flight of puck over glass. Boom. Frasered. Yeah. So so basically, you know, this, this is a retired NHL ref who refed... 2165 games and 12 Stanley Cup finals. So when you've and got that kind of one call. Now mind you, you're having him talk about, about, about a call at a Leafs, Leafs playoff <laughs> game. That's a supreme trolling on the part of Kerry Frazier. Yeah. Um. <laughs> okay. Well, my point is, is that the officiating sucked. It's obvious that holding is not going to be called in a way that you can recognize. Uh, because there was one point where Nylander went down and had two sticks. He had Jake DeBrusque's stick, I think it was. He could, like, kind of, like, you know, sit there and, like, act like he had a gondola or something. He just had so many sticks. And, God, what else was it that uh, that they blew? It was the delay of game. It was that. It was just... Again, the the, the, jet, the jackknife uh, trip on Pasternak and the punch in front of his... Punching him in the face in front of the ref. Well, that's the other thing. It was right in front of him. And... With a delay of game, that ref turned around, but if you see the picture of it, there's another ref staring at the puck. Was he watching the other guy turn around? Like... <laughs> 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 oh, he might have been. <laughs> oh, 
here's another thing. Okay, I forgot to mention in in our last episode that Toronto has been called for too much man, too many men on the ice, twice, once in each game. Guess what? They committed it again, and they didn't call it. And it's not like it's like a guy is lingering like right near the uh, the boards. No, no, we're talking everybody's out on the ice. Like the ice is clogged up with six guys. And it was for like a good 30 seconds. Yeah. Like it's not quite that time where the Cats had 11 players in the ice against the Bruins. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> it's, it's pretty close. <laughs> I, I do want to talk about unsung hero Anton Hudovin who pulled up. Who was it? Charlie Mack? Yeah, it was Mack. He pulled him up over the boards because one of those dingbats from Toronto was like, I'm going to send the puck over at the board. And if it had tagged him, he would have been called for too much man. Right? So guess what? He pulled him up over the board. So he's our hero of the game. Let's give him a round of applause. Yay, Dobby. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but anyway, it just, it was very frustrating as Tim has told you. I mean, I think that should just be our whole episode right there. Just him talking about those stupid penalties. Now, that being said, I think it's important to say that the refs sucked, but that's not what caused Boston the game. Oh, oh yeah, no. it, it didn't help, but it, it, it sucked, yeah. I, again, I think it's, a, it's the, the, a little bit of that, a lot of bit of bad luck, and a lot of bit of the Leafs being hungry. That's what it was. Right. <laughs> there's a difference between, like, I feel like there's a difference between a team winning a game and a team, like... Like, the Bruins didn't lose that game. The Leafs just won it. Like, they like they both played well. They just played better, like Jeff said, and they, they won it. They took it out of the Bruins' hands, and they were like, we want this more. The re- The first goal sucked. It sucks going down one nothing, um initially, but the Bruins did tie it up, and they tied it up twice. So, like, they had some momentum doing that, but they never capitalized on beyond tying it up. And the Leafs did, to their credit, capitalize going up each time. They didn't let the Bruins coming back discourage them, and they just played. And then it's like, you know, when we finally got a power play, the absolute, Bruins absolutely caved the Leafs in. It just didn't go anywhere because all the pings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Bruins had a chance to win that game, honestly, and that, until the fourth goal was scored. It, it was a close game. It was an entertaining game of, honestly, of... I, I try to watch these games sometimes from an unbiased perspective. That was one of the best playoff games I've watched this year. It's it was it was definitely it was a quick game. Like both teams were playing very fast, oh, yeah. and it's it's I I know this Bruins team this year has been a lot faster than teams um, that previously Bruins. You would never see a game like this, like for the 2011 Bruins, where they were trying to keep up where they were keeping up with the speed it was a fast game on both ends and that's that made it exciting i do want to uh, note that the two scorers for boston were adam mcquaid and zidane ochara and noted sniper zidane ochara both goals also while the fourth line where the hoover was on the ice exactly that's the that's the other part of that that i did not add but it was exciting to see because the the fourth line kept that puck moving around in the zone both times. Oh, they're, 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 un, they're unbridled chaos is what they are. It's wonderful. And they took several <laughs> shots on goal each time, but it was just, you know, it, it was great. The Scott line was reunited. It was beautiful. It was great to see. And those were the two guys who scored. But 
you're not going to have a lot of success in a game if you're just going to rely on two guys who never score <laughs> to score. <laughs> I mean, in this case, basically, you could you could almost chalk it up to the Leafs, like, put all their their, their eggs in stopping the Bergeron line, and as a result, you ended up with two non-scoring defensemen assisted by the fourth line. Mm. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, maybe basically the uh, the Leafs ended up watering, da- watering down their other line matchup so much. Sort of what I'm thinking. Like it's like the Krejci and Nash lines got kind of drowned by Matthews, and they irritated, uh, and they irritated Bergie too much with Pukanich. So you know, this is an excellent thing that's going to lead into what was question three, and now is question four. Are you afraid the adjustments that were made by Babcock would make the bees appear to be a one-line team? No. Uh- I don't think we should be afraid of that because if a team wants to think that we're a one-line team and they want to put all their eggs in stopping one line, I say go right a fucking head. Do it the whole playoffs because one game does not make an entire season and the rest of those lines can score. So I dare them to do it again. I absolutely dare them to do it again. Wow, you are throwing down the gauntlet. You know what? I think there is some uh, some merit to the one-line uh, mentality, but when that one line is as good as this line, then so be it. I mean, that line is... I don't think you can shut them out, shut them down for an entire series. You might get lucky and shut them down for one game. You, you want to try to you know, kill yourself to shut them down for just one game? I, I think it's, uh, it's too much of a gamble. With that said, I think our second, third... And fourth lines are fantastic. Their cherry work is fantastic as well. Uh, but the Bruins are a not a one line team. They are the they are a team that has the line, the best line in hockey. And then they have a bunch of they have three other really good lines as well. Yeah. As I believe Bruce Cassidy said, because I think Bruce Cassidy got asked the question about the one line. He said, you know, we still have other lines that can score. And he put it, as he put it, Tim Schaller had 12 goals on the fourth line without having any power play time. I mean, that just says everything right there. No, Lachari had 10. (laughs) No, but, but keep in mind, look, I don't believe that for a minute. I had to ask, I had to ask because who knows who's listening to this. They might worry. We need to reassure them or tell them how it is. Don't worry. Dare them to do it. See, I I feel like when you say, Oh, they're a one-line team. If you look at other one-line teams, it's usually just maybe two players on that one line that are the, the dominant pair of three. And that's more manageable to shut down than a line of three elite players, which is what we have with the Bergeron line. I was going to say, the only real other team I can think of that for sure has a, a, line, a fully constructed elite line might be Dallas. But they also have no other players that are real people. They're just like, you know, year five of playing be a GM mode. Um, yes. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe Philadelphia. Isn't Giroux and uh, – it, it's Giroux. Uh, Couturier and yeah. um, uh, Simmons. Is Simmons on the other wing or is it Voracek on the other wing? That was Voracek. Okay. Why both of their point totals were so high. But again, to me, you, you can – that's two out of three. No, no offense, Couturier. But – Couturier um, had a very good season, though, too. He did. Isn't he the one that was taken out his teammate yesterday? By, which, by whom you mean Radko fucking Gudash? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
What a beautiful knee-on-knee backwards hip. You couldn't replicate that even if he wanted, even if he was paid to play dirty. Oh, wait. Yeah, so... But I mean, seriously, like, realistically speaking, he was doomed. He had to be a dirty player with a name like Radko. Do you really think he was going to be some skill player? Well, yeah. it doesn't. He he looks like one of the bosses from um, from Street Fighter Two, the Russian guy. Yes, his <laughs> beard is just like starts right below his eyes and goes straight down and just only and, stops for his mouth opening. And, and you can tell he is one ugly ogre of a man behind that beard too. <laughs> <laughs> he's protecting us in a way <laughs> 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 oh, oh, oh god whenever you can bring out a street fighter reference that's pretty nice <laughs> you know like radco feels like a name that a street fighter a, a mid-level street fighter boss would have too <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay so um, what do the bruins need to come back and win game four grizzlick and it looks like he's a, probably a go. I have, uh, I, can I give you two answers? Yes. Oh, I have more, but I was going to stick with one for now. Go for okay. It. Oh, I, I only have two. I only have two. Optimist Nick says play the same game because they played pretty well. And I doubt Toronto can match their play from game three. And they can't get those bounces again. Yeah. Negative Nick, cynical Nick says get the first goal. You know, if there's any team that not getting the first goal doesn't break them, though, it's Bruins. The Bruins gave up the first goal a lot of games this year that they went on to win, which is unusual. I've given you the, the yin and the yang of my mind. Mm, maybe maybe <laughs> get the first goal in Toronto, get in their heads yes. more. Because they're already in their heads. That's why they came out and played really focused, almost desperate hockey the other night, right? Mm -hmm. So get in their heads some more by scoring another goal. And you know what? I would love it if it were Brad. Come on, Brad. Score that first goal in game four. Oh, my God. Everybody would fucking lose it. Man, he's so close to getting a goal, he can probably almost taste it. Get a goal, Brad, and then do the, are you not entertained? Just do it. (laughs) 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 so jeff it sounded like you had more i mean grizz is the big one they got to come and they not necessarily score the first goal but they have to come out with an absolute relentless fury like they did to start off game two just like you know maybe not necessarily with the score but like just like absolute put them on their fucking heels leafs those kids in the leafs are going to come out cocky tomorrow Mm mm-hmm just break their just 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 come on so hard you break their spirits. Martyr's only fourteen. He'll cry if you spit at him. Yeah. <laughs> Put the foot on the gas and just keep going. That's all. Just don't let up. Just keep going. Just keep going. Be relentless and play your game. Cause playing your game one got you two blowout wins in the first two games of the series. And right. Uh, and Rick Nash will eventually score on a breakaway. He has had so many good-looking breakaways. He's got to do it. It's not Peverly. Rick Nash isn't isn't Peverly, is he? No. I don't think so. (laughs) And he's not Paye either. He's got to score on... Oh, God. Paye, man, (laughs) hands of stone. Yeah, but think about how much extra time on the PK he burned during that that breakaway. True. (laughs) All three of them that he couldn't, like, score every, every PK. I know that uh, that win on Monday allowed Nazem Kadri to come back into the series in Game 5. And I really just hopefully, hope that he just fucks up early in that game and gets kicked out for the rest of it. <laughs> well, here's the thing. He has to come back in Boston. Yep. And that's... 
that's huge, I think. Yeah, he's coming back, and that's big for them, but he's coming back in Boston, not Toronto. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, were he coming back in Toronto, that's uh, that'd be bad. That'd be a shitstorm I wouldn't want to watch. Yeah. I think another thing, big thing for tomorrow, for, for, for um, uh, game uh, four, Bergeron needs to remember that it's just Thomas fucking Bukanich. Just ignore that, that, that turtleneck-wearing piece of shit. <laughs> I know you guys have history, just like, no, don't fucking care. You are a pylon between between Mar- between Marner and Marlowe. Please allow me to continue being Bergeron. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, show us that selkie spirit. I like that term. Selkie spirit. <laughs> Which he was named a finalist again. Yes, he was. Oh, jeez. I, I, I assumed he would be, but I actually haven't been paying attention. That only came out like 10 minutes before we started recording, Nick. Yeah, it just came out. Eating no joke, I was eating buttermilk biscuits like the true southerner I am. I was gonna say just uh, just, just you're, you're falling short of sausage gravy there, but I guess you're a vegetarian, so that's correct. <laughs> sausage gravy's gross. It would it would be, it would be fos- sausage sausage gravy. Toe sausage. Oh god, that sounds awful. Please don't don't make my stomach turn. This this Saturday. While I'll be watching Game 5, I'll be attending a vegan cookout. I'll let you all know how it goes. You don't make friends with salad. Oh, God, that sounds so fun, Nick. Oh, I hope you have a great time. (laughs) Yes, I'm actually excited for it, but thank you. (laughs) Okay, poor. Uh, Sorry. Sorry, Nick. We're we're assholes. <laughs> okay, so hopefully the Bruins are going to come back, win that game tomorrow night, and Saturday nights put the beat down on them even more. I want to see a beat down, and ladies and gentlemen, put the meat down because eating meat is evil. Vegan oh, cookout. No, 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 no. Don't even go start being evangelical vegetarian because I ain't having none of that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I just want to say beat down and meat down. And then if things get just, real just crazy, beat, just beat that meat down. Oh. If things get real crazy, we might turn up. <laughs> so does does that mean someone's getting four goals? <laughs> He's broken. The meat trick. The jumbo Joe. If I if I got four goals, I'd whip it out and start stroking it on the ice. <laughs> oh God, no, Tim! Why did you do that to my head? Oh! I, I still like hope it actually happens. Not because I want to see not because I want to see Jumbo's Jumbo, but because I just like that feels like a thing that needs to happen in this world. I stroke it to the west. You guys! Oh my God! So much to cut out. <laughs> don't, don't cut a word of that out. <laughs> Oh, God. I don't think I've ever had a turn up. What? I said turn up earlier, and then it made me think of turn ups, you know, vegetables. I, I hope that there are some turn ups at your vegan cookout. There probably will be. I'll, I'll, I'll hey, if you want, maybe, I'll, I'll, I'll tweet it. I'll tweet it out to the listeners. Why maybe you'll have beet sliders. <laughs> I remember well, seeing that on some cooking show. Beet sliders. <laughs> that's. That's All I a, know. That's a definitely a decision someone made. <laughs> okay, so we know what's going to happen tomorrow. Or we know what we want to happen tomorrow night. We know there's going to be a game five on Saturday. 8 p.m. 
It is 8 p.m.? Okay. Yeah. I was not sure. Thank you for that. So tomorrow night's game, is that a 7 or a 7.30? 7. Okay. Are we sure about that? Yes. Yes, we are. It is 7 o'clock. Okay. And Saturday's game is at 8 p.m. at the Garden. So, uh, yeah. All right. I'm excited. We'll be back with another episode after game five. We'll be recording again on Sunday and getting that out on Monday. And let me tell you, that was tough. It was very, very tough getting that first episode out. Hopefully we have great news to discuss on Sunday. I hope so. I would love it. Listeners, you can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, and wherever your favorite podcasts are found. Uh, If you like us, Rate us five stars. If you don't, just just hit this one out. That's cool, too. But also, tell your friends. More people listen to us, the more likely we keep doing this. And you can can talk to us on um, uh, Twitter. uh, That's at Barely on Topic. And uh, by way of Facebook, uh, at Barely on Topic Podcast. And uh, you can, uh, you know, reach out to us on our uh, personal Twitter accounts. Uh, I'm, uh, of course, at Dr. Hand Grenade. I'm Nick Baggio. (laughs) (laughs) I'm at Tim A. Richardson. (laughs) <laughs> I'm at VA from RI. <laughs> Did we say thank you? Because we should say thank you. Thank you, listeners. Thank you. Yes. We really yes. appreciate it. We actually really do a lot. I'm Nick Baggio, and I thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tim, didn't put this out of its misery, Tim. <laughs> Kyle Sagan. <laughs>